We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, sometimes in life you get exactly what uh, you expected. And uh, today and this week was one of those things for me. The Milwaukee Brewers coming off a sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates, placing themselves back in first place in the National League Central Uh then faced the Arizona Diamondbacks for three games at American Family Field, and they took one out of three, and, you know, they didn't get swept. The Diamondbacks took care of their business and did what you would expect a team that looks like a legitimate contender to do, and now we sit here ready to talk about it, and uh, I'm very zen about the old thing. As long as there wasn't a sweep, I, I was going to come out of this on the other side, not wanting to, you know, bash my skull against this hotel wall. Hello, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> how's your? Uh, I mean, sure, all that stuff. Yeah. Have Have your few days been though? Not just not just that's not just go straight to. You've been in Milwaukee. You're still in Milwaukee. Um, you've been at Amfam for three games. Definitely not as nice a time to catch the Brewers as last time we were there, where you've opening day excitement you've got all these rookies called up just you know opening day 
everything is possible. Uh, coming into this series for you, <laughs> considerably less was possible. It's probably fair to say in your view of the Brewers. But how was your overall enjoyment of the three games back at Amfam? How how was your experience back in Milwaukee? Yeah, so it was great to be back. Um, I remain a huge fan of the city. I got to hit some spots uh, that I didn't get to go to last time, obviously, when we were there. Um, went to the uh, Milwaukee Public Market and saw Evan Longoria walking around uh, on Tuesday. So that that was fun. Uh, walked around the third ward, uh, went to some baseball games with our friends, uh, new Mac and Jordan. And then obviously great friend of the podcast, Kelp, uh, joined me for a game as well. So I remain a huge fan of the city, a fan of the ballpark and, uh, was glad to get another trip in before the summer's over because I like to kind of make baseball games, major league baseball games, big parts of my summers and, uh, it's getting to the point where I'm going to run out of time, given my schedule and uh, starting a new job. So uh, no matter what Rob Manfred says, I love American Family Field when I'm inside. I think it's a great place to catch a ball game. I finally got to see the roof open. Uh, it was magical. We sat in right field on Monday, uh, down the third baseline on Tuesday. And then today, Wednesday, I got to sit kind of adjacent to home plate, got a good view of Julio Tehran and Zach Gallon dueling it out. So yeah, you've basically, really loved my time. You've completed almost all kind of sides of the stadium. Then, to some extent, you're very close to it. I mean, I yeah. guess out in out in left field is probably the only area where you haven't sat at this point. Yeah, left field and like the Miller Light Landing area is on the agenda for the next time that I'm in town. But it, this was intentional by design. I was like, where did I sit last time? <laughs> I believe I, it. W- yeah, where do I want to sit this time? It was very meticulously thought out because I just want to get a true sense of like, you know, when you're going to a game in this ballpark, I want to have a sense memory for every single location. So we're slowly building up a Rolodex there. Nice, nice. I like to, I like to hear that. I'm glad you got some good things to talk about, but we got our ups and downs as, uh, as we'll get into now. Yeah, as we will. I think, I think for news and notes, we only have one real thing to talk about. Is that right? Uh, John Singleton, who was designated for assignment, uh, has elected free agency. So it looks like he's looking for his next opportunity. Um, whether he, you know, I don't, I don't know where he ends up and you got to think some team would give him a shot. The Oakland A's, what are they doing? Just sign, just shine John Singleton and get, give yourself some good PR for once in your goddamn life as a baseball organization right now. But yeah, uh, sad to see Singleton go, but, uh, yeah, kind of expected at this point. Maybe uh, he's gotten his career back on track with some good performances in Nashville, and maybe he can find something somewhere else, but don't have too much more to add on that. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, we've had a kind of weird collection of guys from the Sounds who've been up lately, and all of them have played quite well and actually have have outplayed many of the regular Brewers and helped the Brewers some wins over what has been a tough spell for them generally. Um, but it does feel like we're approaching a point where some of that is going to start to slowly kind of work its way back to normal or whatever normal might be. Um, I think there's still plenty of room for some change. I guess that's what we would hope might be news and notes next time. There could be a call up on the cards. It certainly feels like it's time in that regard, and that will that will require some more change. But um, no, it's... 
I don't know. On on the one hand, it feels like the Brewers are closer to being the Brewers on paper that we kind of were imagining going into the season. Um, and yeah, on the field, it's kind of tough to get a sense on it. So it's a weird, weird spot to be in where I I feel like they should be getting better. But there are really key players who are just struggling so, so bad right now that it's hard to feel great about it. Um, the shine is probably even a little bit off that pirate series, which definitely we needed. And you and I took a lot of enjoyment out of on the last pod, but the pirates now lost nine straight. And where they went into that series, the brewers as the division leaders, um, they are now only ahead of the Cardinals in the NL central and just three and a half games up on them. And at their current rate, and with the Cardinals having won four straight again, you know, Cardinals just doing what they do, which is roll off win streaks and losing streaks. Who knows before the Pirates could actually end up at the bottom. But yeah, I don't know. This is not really related to John Singleton. It's more just kind of existential stream of consciousness stuff about where we're at with the Brewers at this point in the year. And the National League Central in general, because it, like you said, it was going into the season, we were like, it's going to be a Cardinals and Brewers two-team race, and, you know, hopefully the Brewers can keep up with the Cardinals. And then, oh, here come the Pirates. They're feisty. Their re- rebuild is accelerated more than we thought. And now here come the Reds, 11 straight, and just looking like uh, a team to be reckoned with. Uh, Joey Votto's back now uh, for them. They just swept the Colorado Rockies, who... I don't know why. I just hate them. I just hate the Rockies. I just feel like they're useless and they wow. shouldn't exist. Uh, their Their <laughs> ballpark looks great, but, like, just going back to last season, uh, when I think the Luis Perdomo blow up game and there was a Taylor Rogers blow up game at Coors Field, and and now the Rockies just you know laying down and letting the Reds just walk all over them, you know they they don't need to exist. Um, yeah. That being said, I guess uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a few months, I think, before we have any meaningful conclusions about what we think this race is gonna look like. Because in two weeks, we could be saying the Cubs are on top. They've just won uh, seven in a row. Or the, you know, the Pirates are back. The Cardinals finally went on the run. Or the Brewers finally went on the run. Who knows? This division race, and and particularly, like, post-All-Star game, when we get to talking about the trade deadline, I have a feeling, Adam, you're going to, I are going to have a lot of conversations that are either unfun or just have no good answer. So, I look forward to that for the content and just for, you know, getting to work through these things with you like therapy. Uh, But it could also be, you know, not fun times as we think about the short term and the long term of this Brewers team. Game one, Merrill Kelly on the mound against Corbin Burns. Uh, This one got started off on the wrong foot (laughs) immediately. I'm pretty sure uh, Geraldo Perdomo doubled to right on the first pitch of the game. Uh, Cattell Marte followed that with a single to put runners on first and third. I think it was the second pitch of the game. It could have been the third or fourth. I don't know. At that point, I was just like, well, here we go. Just people roping line drive hits right in front of me here in the right field bleachers, and this one's not going to go great. Uh, Corbin Carroll follows that with a walk to load the bases. Christian Walker bloop single to center scores Perdomo. Uh, one nothing at that point. Lourdes Goriel Jr. follows that with a single to score Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte. Uh, Emmanuel Rivera grounds into a fielder's choice to score a run. It's 4 nothing at that point. 
Gabriel Moreno strikes out looking, and then Alec Thomas homers to right field to make it 6 nothing in the first inning. Corbin Burns, worst start of the season, no questions asked about it, um, unless I'm remembering something. Just I cannot remember him looking uh, this off his game all season or all last season. Just terrible five innings pitch. He did kind of settle down after that point, but that first inning was just an absolute nightmare. Five innings pitch, eight hits, seven runs are all earned, two walks, just three strikeouts to Alec Thomas Homer. Just made the game completely over and <laughs> without – I mean, we know what this Brewers offense does from time to time. And, I mean, I was so glad I was sitting in the bleachers because at that point it was time to just a beer in each hand and hang out with good friends because uh, the Brewers were in a 6 nothing hole immediately. And Corbin Burns, unfortunately, gave them zero chance to win this game. Yeah, and you're you're just gonna lose when that happens, and that's the reality of it. It may not have been what I was saying to you in the moment, Andrew. Uh, when you were at the game, I wanted to you know, wanted to let you down gently. Um, although what I did say was true, the last time you were in Milwaukee, I believe the only other time you've previously seen Corbin Burns pitch live in person, he was absolutely terrible. Also, um, so. That's not fun. That's not great. Particularly, you've been a Corbin Burns acolyte for quite some time. It'd be nice if he'd, you know, reward you with a, you know, money on the table Corbin Burns performance with you in the stadium. But if Corbin goes out and lays an egg like that at a time when the offense just isn't there for this team, it's it's uh, basically impossible. And look, no one will beat themselves up about that more than Corbin Burns will. But this was really, really bad. And I mean, overall, there have been quite a few of these. ERA is now touching four. Yeah, this, three is, six. this is not what the Brewers need. This is not what Corbin Burns needs. Um, yeah, I think you've already alluded to it. Just there'll be conversations that I think will have to be had, and we'll see where the Brewers are and how things play out. Whatever went down in the offseason... Whatever went down between arbitration and everything else, everyone's losing. Everyone. They've all lost. So, I, I don't know. Could could a better resolution not have been worked out for all parties? Who could say? But Corbin has not been the version of Corbin Burns that he's been for the Brewers in the past few seasons. And he's losing personally from that. And the Brewers are missing out big time too. And this is... About as ugly as it's been. So I'm sorry for you, Andrew, that you had to be there for that. And that Corbin Burns just personally keeps keeps doing this to you. Um I'm trying to think, was it how many was it wasn't quite as many runs, surely. It was a four runs he gave up in the first when we saw him against the Mets. That sounds right. And then we but we had I'll pull it up now, but we had Garrett. No, what, it, what, it was nowhere day. near that. It was nowhere near that. Okay. He one in the first, three in the third, and then okay. two, two in the fifth. So he did get to six turned runs. Yeah. Um, so he didn't do it it's all. It's just, uh, yeah, sequencing. The sequencing was different. Somehow, when they're all coming fast and furious in the first inning, it feels worse, even though you know, it's the same result. <laughs> I can understand that feeling. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure. At that point, like, uh, I just came back from the concession stand and me, Jordan, and Newmark were all just holding as many beers as our 
uh, hands would allow us to. Numa can hold more because uh, he's got Victor Wimanyama sized hands, so sure. it's a lot easier for him. Uh, but yeah, tough, tough to watch Corbin struggle like that. Settled in and you know made it through five, which was a miracle. Uh, I love the guy, but he's he doesn't have it right now. And it was uh it was tough to watch. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it's not the last time we'll talk about Corbin Burns on a podcast. Uh, the Brewers would score a run in the third. A Christian Yelich triple would score Brian Anderson to make it six one. Uh, Merrill Kelly, uh, someone made sure that he was aware that this game was not a winner take all sort of situation. Like uh, he, he knew that this was a low stakes regular season game, and because of that, he pitched very well. Uh, great outing from Merrill Kelly: seven innings pitched, three hits, just the one run on the Yelich triple, a walk, and seven strikeouts. Two nine. Uh, 2.90 ERA on the year. We'll see what happens when he gets to the playoffs and things actually matter uh, because, <laughs> you know, he might just wilt like a like a bag of spinach you left in the fridge for too long and didn't eat. Uh, anyway, good, uh, good, the... good, mil- good wilting metaphor. I mean, you had, you had to search there on the spot and you came up with one of those things that it's like, yeah, the spinach wilts. That's well done. We've all been there, right? Uh, in the Fourth, Cattell Marte, a ground out scores Alec Thomas. That makes it 7 1. Uh, then in the sixth, after Corbin Burns was removed, Adrian Hauser in mop up duty as he's back in the bullpen. Uh, Marte again, an RBI ground out scoring. Uh, Jake McCarthy, Owen Miller uh, playing second base, not throwing error on the play. They would eventually get uh, Gerardo Perdomo out of the second, though that made it 8 1. And then in the ninth, <laughs> here. I spent the last podcast talking about how much I love Corbin Carroll's game. Thinks he's a fantastic player. In the night, I turn to our good buddy Numak and say, we're down 8-1, and Corbin Carroll isn't even the one killing us. Mere seconds. Like, it was literally like I hit a button. Corbin Carroll home run makes it 9-1. That would be the final score. Uh, Hauser uh, goes four innings, three hits, two runs. Just one of them were earned, two walks, a strikeout the home run allowed to Corbin Carroll, but uh, he, he did good to eat innings and save the bullpen for later in the series uh, for the uh, Diamondbacks on the mound. Uh, Miguel Castro and Joe Mantiply uh, followed Merrill Kelly with a pair of scoreless innings. So 9-1 Diamondbacks win in game one of the series, and uh, the the vibes were bad after that, but they they would get better at them. They would. Um not instantly apparent that they would, but they they indeed would get better as we move into game two. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Game two. Uh, Colin Ray on the mound versus Ryan Nelson. Ray, a, a Colin Ray start? I mean, things got started off on the wrong foot. A Corbin Carroll single in the first scored Cattell Marte to make it one to nothing. Uh, then in the second, Cattell Marte would homer to right field to score Carlson Kelly and Jake McCarthy to make it four nothing. So that, that three run homer uh, puts the Brewers in a four nothing hole. And as we know, when they get into situations like that, they usually don't claw, claw out of it. But in this game, they did. Luis Arias in the second inning doubles to score Willie Adamas. Brian Anderson probably should have scored as well, but uh, some base running mishaps and maybe a miscommunication. Uh, there led to him only reaching third, uh, 4-1 at that point in the second. Uh, in the fourth inning, Jesse Winker comes to the plate with Willie Adamas on base, hits his first homer as a brewer to cut the lead to four to three Diamondbacks. And uh, Winker looked to the skies across home plate as almost, it looked like Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption, where he's just like, <laughs> finally, I've broken free of of this. Uh, so nice to see for, for Jesse to have something. It's been a struggle for him. He obviously had the, Good rehab stint in Nashville, but nothing has come together for him at the big league level. Um, I will just just to jump in on that. I mean, what did he have? Four homers, three homers in Nashville. Um, So there is actually something as much as there is a lot that's very visceral about this. And I don't know if I'm holding out hope very strongly, uh, but compared to what we're seeing early in the season, between AAA and now it is first of the season with the Brewers, Paul's been leaving the park for him lately. So maybe, probably not, but maybe there's a little bit more there than there was early in the year. I hope so because he seems like uh, kind of just a fun dude. Uh, he was out a uh, day game after a night game uh, today, but he was kind of uh, jawing at the umpires when they were gathered around home plate uh, about to exchange the scorecards. It, wearing just some sunglasses and, and chirping at whatever umpire. So, it's, you know, it seems like a fun personality. I enjoyed that. So if, if he actually started hitting, uh, that would be great. But that homer was a great moment. Like I said, uh, you know, just me em- embracing strangers all around the uh, third baseline when that ball left the ballpark because I think we were all in bad spirits and, and that really raised our spirits. Uh, Colin Ray would go five and a third innings, uh, allow five runs. I pitched into the sixth. Um, uh, 
Hobie Milner would relieve him then, and then on a Jake McCarthy infield single, uh, Alec Thomas would score to make it 5-3. to three. So the Diamondbacks extend their lead there after the Brewers started to claw back. Um, but this game, Adam, like I said, would would have a, a happy ending, not something that we typically uh, you know, associate with a game where the Brewers go down and uh, are seemingly out of it in the seventh inning. Uh, runners on pace, Christian Yelich steps to the plate, uh, grounds out to the pitcher, but Luis Arias would score on the play, and Joey Weimer would advance to second and Blake Perkins to third, so essentially like a swinging bunt there for Yelich to, to get the run home. Then uh, William Contreras steps to the plate, doubles to score Blake Perkins to Joey Weimer to give the, the Brewers a 6-5 to five lead. Willie Adams follows with a fielder's choice to score William Contreras, and the Brewers take a 7-5 lead after the seventh inning. They score four runs in the seventh to erase a deficit and go ahead. And then from that point on, uh, Yoel Piamps throws a scoreless eight with three strikeouts. Devin Williams throws a scoreless ninth to nail down the save, works around a walk, gets a strikeout. Brewers win seven to five. Colin Ray gave him just enough despite putting them in a deep hole again. The offense clawed out of it and with the winker homer and in that great seventh inning where, you know, <laughs> big double by Contreras. Ground outs getting run home. Doesn't matter. Brewers win and uh, take the take the sweep out of play. Uh, Ryan Nelson, five innings, six hits, three runs. They were all earned six strikeouts. So uh, not a terrible outing from him. I think that's kind of what they'll take from him. Uh, Austin Adams uh, with an inning pitch, two hits, three runs, all earned a walk and two strikeouts. Brewers did some damage against him late. And uh, yeah, uh, good win by the Brewers and fun times in the stadium and after today uh boy did they need that one yeah as you as you touched on it's the kind of come from behind real adversity win that the brewers just don't do a whole lot of which i don't know maybe we should start to reflect on that a little bit more keenly as in what what it says with the team or what it may say about some of the characteristics or possibly even some of their fatal flaws um something else that i feel like doesn't happen a whole lot you kind of picked up from uh, Yelly's out that advanced um, Perkins and Weimer. But if we're to go back... Oh, yeah, just... we had the, the two infield singles, yeah. Um, good base running. Go ahead, sorry. Good base running, but also, I mean, no right for the rally to start at all for the Brewers. Uh, Cattell Marte just froze, just completely I think froze. I put in the Discord, Cattell Marte is as drunk as me when that happened, when that happened and I... In the moment, it's just like, what is he doing? I, I don't think he knew what he was doing. I I think commentary there, like, was he thinking about, was he thinking about second? I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Blake Perkins had no right to, to get to first, um, to beat it out. And he did the thing, shout out Numak, who's had way too many mentions on this pod already. Um, but the thing that Numak always asks for, which is that people just that you gotta come sprinting out of the box every time, regardless. If you come sprinting out, you never know what will happen. Blake Perkins busted a gut down that line, and Tom Arte just—I don't know—he just lost it for a moment. Um, forgot where he was, who he was. Perkins got on, and then <laughs> kind of similarly. Perkins had to really, really run hard and probably shouldn't have got to second, but he did. 
like that's also something I feel like those kind of little mistakes the Brewers don't necessarily always punish when opponents give them that glimmer of hope. So that's what can happen. And I mean, that's the two are related. We got to come from behind win. It's because if an opponent has a lead and they leave the door open for you just, just a tiny, tiny bit, got to kick it open and walk through it. And on this occasion, thankfully, the Brewers did that. They sure did, which brings us to final game of the series. Zach Gallon on the mound against Julio Tehran. Got to tell you, Adam, getting really sick of Zach Gallon because uh, anytime I see him on the Good. mound, it means the Brewers are not going to win the baseball game. That's what it would seem. Um, this was a pitcher's duel for for much of the game. Julio Tehran uh, pitched around. Uh, some walks and a couple of hits. Five scoreless for him. Three strikeouts. Two hits. Four walks. Uh, this is another great outing from him. Uh, we're Brewers, talking about it every episode. Brewers' best starting pitcher, Andrew. <laughs> right now, he is. I mean, like, what? it it seems to be he's the the most reliable. I mean, there were moments throughout the early portion of this game where it seems like things were going to get away from him. He loaded the bases in the first, but got some soft contact from Rivera to get out of the inning. I mean, just exceptional outing from Tehran. His ERA is one point five three, like. Just the story rolls on, and he's going to keep being a mainstay in this rotation as long as he performs because they need it right now. Is, uh, can, can I ask you go to just go, go back in time a little bit here um, to your past experience of, of Julio Tehran? Was he always just this kind of cool and level-headed? Because that is the striking thing, particularly when he finds himself in trouble like he did in this game. He's probably the most unfazed of any starting pitcher on the Brewers roster when he finds himself in that spot. And there are some guys I think it's in a complete, complete contrast to. But is that, has that always been the case? Is he maybe even more freed up given his journey since then? And since you're being out of the big leagues, that he's just like, oh, cool. Bases are loaded. Fine. At least I'm, at least I'm in the majors again. I mean, that's always been my recollection of him during his time with the Braves. I mean, he he's not a guy that's going to blow you away with stuff, but he's knows how to pitch, and he has a game plan, and he sticks to it. And unflappable, like you said, kind of is just the name of the game with him. And seeing him do it at this stage after being out of baseball for a few years is particularly impressive. Obviously, he had lost his way for a bit, um, partially due to some injuries, partially just due to bad performance but yeah i mean this like i said uh not like dominant in the truest sense of the word and the velocity is not where it was in his prime but this is just a lot what it uh, or it looks a lot like it did seven years ago five years ago whatever it was when he was out there just eating innings for the atlanta braves i mean that's just who he is and what he does and to see him keep doing it it's a five and dive outing today just to you know got himself in some trouble. And I think despite the result, I think uh, it was probably about time there, but just, I mean, like we're going to keep shouting about it until it doesn't work out anymore. Julio Tehran's just providing vital, vital starts for this team. Damn. I wish they could get him some runs. Uh, They did get him one run in this game. The only run the Brewers scored in this game off of Zach Gallon to Rymal Tapia home run to right center, made it one, nothing in the fifth. Uh, and then with Elvis Peguero on the mound, 
things would unravel for the Brewers in the sixth inning. Uh, Emmanuel Rivera single that was uh, bobbled in the outfield by Joey Weimer. Relay third to Willie Adamas. Adamas relays it to William Contreras. Would have had him out of the plate if Contreras had been able to hang on to the ball. But instead, uh, the run scores there to even the game at 1-1. Uh, Alec Thomas follows with a single just past the outstretched glove of Luis Arias to make it 2-1. to one. And so 2-1 after six innings. Uh, Tehran gives you five. Uh, shout out. Elvis Pagaro um, comes in and lets the lead slip away. Hobie Moner gets an out to get out of the inning and limit the damage. But uh, yeah, just uh, kind of a deflating moment in that sixth inning, especially knowing that you felt fortunate to, fortunate to get even the the solo homer you got off a gallon for sure we also end up with a reverse then of that adamas Contreras, um i guess missed connection a couple of innings later where Contreras was trying to show a man out at second i can't remember quite who it was and basically the same thing happens where it's like well he could just hold on to it for the tag but instead it's just kind of furled at the diamondbacks runner and was yeah, that Christian no. Walker? Like he kind of like stepped on his glove almost or kicked yes, at it or yes, something? Yes, I think it was. I think it was Christian Walker. Uh, I did th- not have a great angle from where I see it, but I, I saw the Twitter shatter. But again, that's like a game that you're you're right in. You have a chance and you've got a couple of moments and they're going to hurt you. you got to take advantage. They are sliding doors moments. And where in game two, they go your way and you take advantage of the opportunity that presents itself to you. When the Brewers could have got out of some trouble or got out ahead of some trouble in this game, they didn't. And they were made to pay. Yes, they were. Following Hobie Milner uh, in the seventh inning was Peter Strzelecki. And woo, that was a tightrope walk. The <laughs> Three walks in the inning, one strikeout. Somehow didn't give up any runs. But then Trevor McGill... Uh, would give up runs uh, in the eighth inning. Gabriel Moreno double scores at Alec Thomas. Geraldo Perdomo follows with a single to score Moreno to make it 4-1. And then in the ninth, Emmanuel Rivera singles to right uh, to score Paven Smith. Diamondbacks take a 5-1 lead going into the bottom of the ninth, and the Brewers were not able to do anything with that. Uh, Brewers really just got shut down offensively. Only three hits mustered on the day. Uh, drew one walk. Uh, that was Rowdy Telez to lead off an inning. Owen Miller followed that up with a ground out into a double play, so killing that momentum there. They only had two runners in scoring position uh, chances, 0 for 2 runners in scoring position, two left on base. And, uh, yeah, the bats fell silent other than the Tapia homer and really just got dominated by an outstanding pitcher. Gallon's ERA on the year down to 2.84. Probably going to be an all-star. Probably going to factor his way back into... Cy Young contention if he stays healthy and keeps providing bulk innings, obviously. I was looking at his pitch count around the fifth. I was like, shit, this guy's <laughs> pitched the rest of the game. Uh, did not end up being the case, but still, Brewers weren't able to to muster anything about against Gallon or the bullpen. Uh, a guy we've seen uh, in a, another series as well um, in relief of Gallon was um, Scott McGow, who's very good in his own right out of the bullpen four strikeouts across two innings and uh yeah that racked up the series exactly kind of what we were expecting i was just glad they didn't get swept obviously if uh if i had come out all this way to see them get swept i was never coming again because i would say that i'm a jinx and that i'm uh <laughs> responsible for all of this so uh people think you're joking 
but that is that is exactly how you work, which is you know. Yeah, I carry these burdens deep within my soul. I still kind of feel partially responsible, but then I have to remind myself the Diamondbacks are good at baseball, Andrew. Good baseball yeah. teams win baseball games. They are also, I mean, that's you know, not to not to take take too much credit away from myself and my my winning uh exploits at Brewers games. But we definitely thought the Mets were better than the Mets are at the time we saw the Mets. Uh, which is also a factor. We were like, whoa, they just swept the juggernaut Mets. Turns out the Mets, not all that. Um, Diamondbacks are, though. And listen, people, long time listeners to this podcast, you knew first. You knew it was almost time for the Snakes to, to take over. And here we are. And yeah, I look forward to not seeing them for a while, at least. Yeah, I think we're done with them. We are Pretty done sure. with them. That's right. Yeah, it was. That was like the third, fourth, fourth series this season. I feel like. Um. So yeah, that's good because they are good, and I'm perfectly fine with not having to see them until next season. We share those sentiments, my good friend. Uh, we'll go to the Master Brewer leaderboard, and then we will uh, take a look at the standings and take a look at the road ahead. And I say road literally because it's. <laughs> to be a long road trip uh getting beers this week julio tehran obviously uh another scoreless outing for him the old piamps hobie milner and devin williams getting beers for their work out of the bullpen and then brian anderson uh getting on base drawing walks getting hits uh, not much to to write home about for the brewers offense this series but uh ba you know was solid up until today and uh you know on the fringes of this William Contreras, Jesse Winker, Romel Tapia had nice moments, but not quite pure worthy. Leaderboard through 74 games. Devin Williams has 17. Joey Weimer and Brian Anderson have 12. Peter Strzelecki, Christian Yelch, and Yoel Pimes have 11. Rowdy Tellez on 10. Corbin Burns, Bryce Wilson, Owen Miller, William Contreras, and Hobie Milner with 9. Willie Adamas, Elvis Piguero, Julio Tehran with 7. Wade Miley, Bryce Terang, Freddie Peralta with 6. Victor Caratini, Garrett Mitchell, Colin Ray with 5. Blake Perkins, Adrian Hauser with four, Jesse Winker, Eric Lauer, Jake Cousins, Trevor McGill with three, Brandon Woodruff, Gus Varlin, Javi Guerra, Tyrone Taylor, Andrew Monasterio with two, Lou Foyt, Mike Brasso, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, Abraham Toro, and Ryan Tapia with one. Leaderboard through 74 games. We are inching, inching ever closer to the halfway point in this season, and it feels crazy to say that. Yeah, it sure does. And what do we know about the Brewers? <laughs> it's a great question. Great question. Uh, we know they're definitely not good. There's a chance they might not also be bad. Maybe what we should know is that they're very much middle of the road, which is, I guess, what their standings, what their record is telling us at this point. But hey, Brewers, if you're listening... Go prove me wrong, and in the positive sense, go and let's rack up some wins before we we officially reach the halfway point. Taking a look at the standings, as we mentioned, the Cincinnati Reds have won eleven games in a row. They're forty and thirty-five, a game and a half up on the thirty-eight and thirty-six Brewers. Cubs sneaking up behind the Brewers, thirty-six and thirty-eight, three and a half games back of the Reds, two games back of the Brewers. The Pirates have slid. All the way down to 34 and 39, five games back of the Reds. And the Cardinals still 31 and 44, nine games back of the Reds at the time of recording. 
And I think they just wrapped up their game against the Nationals, and they lost. So, you know, it's said on every Brewers podcast throughout the land, every NL Central podcast throughout the land, anyone who is looking at the Cardinals, they're just waiting for that moment. And it still hasn't happened yet. So uh, we will push off that conversation to another day, and we will look ahead to this 10-game road trip that the Brewers have on the horizon. An off day on Thursday, which is, uh, I'm assuming, a travel day for the Brewers and also a travel day for me. So uh, I I wish them safe flights, uh, and I wish myself a safe flight as well. They will travel to Cleveland to face the Guardians, the Guardies, as I like to call them. Uh, Wade Miley on the mound against Shane Bieber on Friday, June 23rd, a 6:10 central start. <laughs> I'm looking at my laptop and it's actually in the time zone that uh, the Brewers are playing and, the, and that I'm in. So it's very rare. I, I didn't have to do the one hour back thing. Uh, so that's why I hesitate there. Saturday, June 24th, 3:10 central start. Freddie Peralta against Tanner Bybee. It's either Bybee or Bibby. I've heard it on several podcasts and no one's been able to make heads or tails of it. Sunday, June 25th, Corbin Burns against Aaron Savale. And then uh, the Brewers will head to New York for four against the Mets. And then three in Pittsburgh before returning home July 3rd against the Cubs. So 10-day road trip. Uh, Reds are going to Atlanta this weekend. That's a tough punt for them. That'll test their medal a bit. Uh, like you said, we don't know what the Brewers are. We don't know what the NL Central is right now. It's just kind of a, a waiting game for full health. And whether or not players that we expect to be better get better, and whether or not uh, an infusion of yet another rookie provides a spark. So many balls up in the air, Adam, and I I am not a great juggler. So uh, I'm just going to wait until all the balls come down, and then we'll see what happens. That's all we can do. Wait and see. Wait and see if if any moves are made, if there are any promotions within the Brewers system. I mean, also worth mentioning... Bryce Tarang is still out there as a possibility someone we could see against him. Kesson Hura is off the IL now. And, <laughs> uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. It's definitely possible that we see Kesson Hura back with the Brewers in the not-too-distant future. I'm at the point where I'm just like, sure, why not? Let's do it. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I guess see so. what happens. Um, regardless... <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. You'll hear about all things Brewers, all series they play, all moves they make. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's cruising for bruising. You should also check out the rest of the GSPM podcasts, the Eurocep Podcast Network main feed, home to all things Milwaukee Books, the Eurostep with Ty and Rohan winning six with myself and Jordan Tresky. Talking to Tundra for all things Green Bay Packers. That's Numak and Jordan once again. And make time for this, where Andrew and I talk about all things pop culture. A little, a little bit of downtime for an episode because, you know, Andrew's been second to baseball in person. I've been busy with work. We'll be back with a vengeance next week, I believe. I won't say anything, so I'll have to But we should be back with a vengeance next week. And people can probably guess some of the things that are coming. Until then. Thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>